in this week's episode, the Pauls forget to write an intro. I'm immersive enough without 3D. <laughs> yeah, you are. I don't need 4DX to enjoy the Paul Goodman experience. Do you need smell-o-vision, though? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just not getting it. Well, my musk is integral to my to my psyche, so to get the real Paul Wit deal, got to get that huff up. Today, we shall be discussing cinema, or rather, the cinema. Yeah. Cinemas are large rooms filled with rows of seats that your parents used to go to to make out, eat snacks, and also there might be a film on. It's kind of like your phone, but bigger and on a wall. Go on. <laughs> you have me intrigued. Uh, in the 130 years odd since its inception, many have prophesied the death of cinema due to various inventions such as the television, videos, home theatre systems, satellite television, video games, electronic sex machines, and now streaming services. And equality for women. <laughs> yeah, everyone said, nope, can't do it. Can't make, yeah. can't make movies anymore. Can't do it. We, we'd do it, said, uh, <laughs> said John Major, but, you know, cinema. <laughs> and a very reasonable female critic just came on and said, well, couldn't, couldn't a woman tie a man to a railway every now and then? Nope. <laughs> What's she going to twirl? <laughs> Her hair? Nonsense. However, in spite of this, theatre admissions in the UK have remained consistently above 150 million admissions a year since the year 2000. And the global box office also continues to grow, with 2017 being a new record year uh, ever. Mm. And it's and that's not just because of China. Although apparently 26 new movie screens were erected in China every day of 2017. Which is terrifying, but it's hard to say why. Or it's, it's, I mean, I do believe that. <laughs> oh, I believe it. It's just frightening, but I don't see why. I think just doing 26 of anything a day is um, upsetting. <laughs> Even for China. <laughs> if someone told me they ate 26 Tic Tacs a day, I wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> you need to spend some time in the bathroom, <laughs> looking in the mirror. Um, Look at that guy. Who's he? I spent many a time in, a, in an empty movie theatre in China, and uh, <laughs> may- maybe that's it. It's just individualism's finally, finally coming to the fore in China. Away with collectivism, they say. Cinema for everyone. <laughs> if anything's going to do it, it'll be the power of Christopher Nolan. I mean, there's 50,000 cinemas in China now, which has now finally overtaken America as the most cinema nation. But what's the population now? Three billion? 1.4-ish. Oh, okay. So much less than I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, significant. Yeah, but... <laughs> 1.4. So that divided by 500, 500 million, it's, you know, fine. 500,000, sorry. 50,000. 50,000. 50, 50, 60, 70, gone. <laughs> Let's do more numbers. I have energy for this. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I, we can do more numbers because one-fifth of the people in the UK go to the cinema once a month and a further 34% every few months. So, Paul, you mm. multiplex. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, why bother? Why go to that cinema full of greasy floors and greasier people? Just stay home, right? Watch a pizza and eat a film. You got no. You got to impress members of the opposite sex. Oh, definitely. So, and you can only do that with yeah. a cinema trip. Hey, babe. Yeah. Uh, the the Wandsworth Cineworld. <laughs> hey, do you want some? Do you want some revels? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Put put your money away. I've got this. <laughs> this, this is <laughs> seven pounds. <laughs> Actually, love, do you have some change? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. 
pay for my travel card after this. You know how much that is. <laughs> I hate London. A lot of money. <laughs> God. Anyway, at least we're going to go and watch a film and escape. <laughs> and not a wasp! <laughs> God! It's... Oh, right. <laughs> no. I'm so entertained, I think. <laughs> I think Paul Rudd's charming. He didn't write these lines, did he? Let, let's go through problems first. Before we get on to the good stuff, let's talk about the disincentives that are likely to keep you in that living room. First of all, you've okay. touched on it already. All that money. All the greens. Yeah. The statistics show that 83% of those who earn above 75k annually go to cinema once a month. Mm-hmm. Now that's compared to a national average of 22%, so that's insane. That's four times oh, wow. more? Okay. Yeah. 88% of people earning that much, which implies to me that people want to go to the cinema. When they have the means, they go. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the average cinema ticket costs between 7 to £10 pounds in most of the UK, and in London, 15 to 20 Gosh, yeah. Yeah, how's it out 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 there in the outback? Um, which I assume you're in. Let's let's see. So I think it's about. I'm a member at uh, Palace Cinemas, and that's about fifteen dollars a ticket. Mm. But at, at a Hoyts, which is a sort of Cineworld type, okay, type place more, or maybe an Odeon, that's between that's twenty twenty five dollars, which depend, yeah. you know, depending on exchange rates, is anywhere between mm. a million English pounds <laughs> and. And a house. <laughs> yeah, it's around 10, 15 quid. Cost of living in Australia is quite high. Yeah. But then but then we also, we don't, we don't have a Cineworld type deal. Oh, really? It's just indies? No, in that we don't have any sort of travel, uh, travel card. Oh, I see. Movie pass. Right. Yes, because we should explain. In the UK, we have two services now. The Cineworld Unlimited card um, and the Odeon Limitless card, which are completely mm. different, but the same. Yeah. And for that, you spend 20 quid a month. And you get to see as many films as you like. Literally unlimited. Yeah. You might say. The the view watch as many films as you like for just twenty pounds a month card didn't go down quite so well. <laughs> Bit mouthy. Watch pay pay and watch all. <laughs> all the films. Dot, dot, all dot. of them. Honest. <laughs> At Madame Wasp, the Meg, and it lists them. It lists them. <laughs> each t- when you buy the card is when you get the list. It's a long it's very list. Irritating. And it just gets it's bigger a long and bigger. List. It's a big thing. card. Yeah. It's a big card. <laughs> takes up a backpack a massive backpack though it's like a it's like a skateboard oh dear but you can skate it to the land of dreams <laughs> i eat him yeah and so that's good but in australia we don't have that um yeah. so going to the cinema is a, is a thoroughly expensive um yeah. vocation it's it's much like you know when people say well if, if you gave up coffee you know how many how many coffees do you drink a week you get that- you get 10 a week two a day from the local starbucks near work if you give up coffee you're gonna save a child 60 pounds a week and then you better yeah. save, save for that house finally eh um but in <laughs> australia there's no there's no help for that you either you either yeah. spend yeah. you know you pay through the arsehole and the nose <laughs> and, and watch films or you don't yeah so i mean if i didn't have the unlimited card i would it would be a problem it would be a genuine thing that i just wouldn't be able to afford to get to the cinema when i need to yeah um which would make being a film critic very difficult i would depend upon press screenings which are tricky to get into when you're Small fry. Well, lucky, lucky for you, Australia doesn't want you anyway. So that's good. You're, um, yeah, but I mean, when I had the MIF, the Melbourne International Film Festival ticket, we oh, bought yes. a, a pass that got me into mm. 13 movies. And initially, mm. you know, it's, it's a it's an upfront cost, which uh, Nell was kind enough to buy for my birthday. Ah, thanks. Did get? I got the- you a clip round the ear. <laughs> Punch at the bracket. It's too good for you. Knowing, you know, I, I could see 13 movies. It was already mm. paid for. I went and saw 13 movies in the space of two weeks and it was great. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But knowing that you have to spend, it's 50 bucks every single time you want to go to the cinema. And that's yeah. not including all the Maltesers that I don't buy. <laughs> it's sad. It's probably, it's one of the only things that I that I struggle with here is 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 not getting to the cinema as much as I'd like. That and there's no ale. No, oh, no. Yeah, but we'll do that in our one good thing about, <laughs> about <laughs> drinking culture in the UK. <laughs> Cut to Goodman just swimming back to the UK. <laughs> Point of <laughs> Bishop's finger. I've swum here from Australia. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, sir. We're a craft beer country now. No. Back to Australia. <laughs> um, so you can definitely see why that would be a disincentive to people because Absolutely. basically, for the price of not much more than one ticket, you can get a Netflix subscription. Yeah. So that's an issue. Second issue: getting to a cinema. Um. Mm. For me, it's extraordinarily easy. Yes. Um, I live in London. There are about 20 cinemas within an hour of me. Yeah. Your house is uh, a cinema. It's unregistered. My house though. is a cinema. People, yeah. well, it's it's not registered, but people do show up. They buy tickets and it's irritating because <laughs> I have to do it all. And I'm often in my bathrobe. Yeah. There's an income there though, mate. So it's, oh, a lot of really it goes turn to that distribut- away. distributors or the other way around. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I'm told it does. <laughs> I don't really follow the maths. <laughs> All I know is they give me a roll of polos a week. <laughs> Delicious polos. So- life-giving polos. But yeah, no, I remember when, when we lived together, it was a really easy trip, even to central yeah. London, to go to a fancy cinema. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But um, yes, that's the next thing I want to talk about is selection. And yeah. I did initially have some bad luck supporting this theory because I, I looked at where a couple of our friends live. Um, first of mm-hmm. all, uh, we both have a friend in Coventry. We have a Jen. Mm. I have a Jen in Coventry. Um, so I had a look there, um, and she tells me there's just the one cinema, really. There's a couple of others, but they're not accessible by public transport. Mm. But having a look at that cinema, I did still find Black Klansman, mm. um, The Children Act, and Searching, which are the sort of big, not necessarily studio-backed, indie critical mm. hits at the moment okay the two big ones in london at the moment are the cold war and my current favorite film of the year american animals and jen would struggle to see those they're not in that local cinema mm. she'd have to go out of town um and i tried a few other places as well and some of them had the cold war some of them had american animals it's like it's it's very different depending on where you are mm. but i mean in london i, I don't want to i don't want this to sound condescending but I looked at one cinema, uh, the Institute of Contemporary Arts, just had a look at what they're showing, and I found In Praise of Nothing, an offbeat, satirical, and beautifully shot film about nothing, in which nothing, tired of being misunderstood, runs away from home and begins to reveal his thoughts on pretty much everything, including life, death, love, and politics. Shot over eight years by 62 cinematographers in 70 countries, this easy this essay film is narrated in verse by Iggy Pop. <laughs> I didn't even hear about it. I didn't even know that that existed, but I could go but see it now if I wanted. Yeah. This is the crucial difference. I think L- London yeah. London has everything. London really, really yeah. has everything. And the selection at the London Film Festival beats every <laughs> yes. other film festival into submission because it takes all the best films from those film festivals. Yeah. It's right. 200. Although, actually, you, you had some Melbourne stuff that I haven't had a chance to see. But it'll be, it'll be coming, right? I assume so yeah. at some stage. But yes, 252 films. But I Northampton, Northampton has a good selection of stuff now. I remember, yes. I remember about 10 years ago it being slightly different. It's slowly getting there. They've mm. got a cultural quarter there now. There's a playhouse. It's marvellous. Yeah. There's, there's a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> 
an Italian restaurant. Fra- <laughs> Frankie and Benny. What is this pizza? <laughs> what is what is this garlic bread? Oh, I'm like a comedian. Oh, look at you, garlic bread. Oh, you're gonna be, you're gonna be a millionaire now. Oh, give me a stage show, everyone. <laughs> You can go. You can scratch the surface in Northampton, I think, but in, mm. in London, Melbourne, to be fair, has has. I mean, it's it's sprawling with mm. with indie cinemas. Yeah. But my 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 closest cinemas are indie cinemas, um, and then and then we have a couple of chains as well. So mm. it's really well supplied. But there is the issue that the cinema that you can get to might not be the one that's showing the film that you want to see. Mm. And um, I have to acknowledge that being in a big city, being in big cities, we are spoiled for choice quite a bit. Mm. Um. Then. But then okay. once you once you get there. <laughs> once, well, once you get there, then you have to deal with cinema quality. Now, yes. I've had some issues here. <laughs> My biggest peeve at the moment is noise bleed from other screens. Oh, yeah. It's really irritating. And especially since Climax comes out in two weeks, it's going to be unbearable <laughs> to be anywhere. <laughs> in London. <laughs> Don't. Stay away, everyone. Get out. Trevor McDonald's going to come back from retirement. And, uh, <laughs> and be like, this is a special announcement. For everybody in London. <laughs> Go away. I saw Stay s- out of it. Somebody reviewed A Quiet Place, and A Quiet Place has been a wonderful film because everybody shares the same experience of going to see A Quiet Place at the cinema, which is that everybody shuts up because it's, okay. there's so much silence and so much tension that people cannot talk through it. But then, inevitably, from next door, have you bought a load in the last few weeks? Maybe you should come to dialogue from Oz. We're the Lone Boys. And it's like, ah, <laughs> what cinema was it that we went to a lot? Was it the um, the West India Key Cineworld where mm. there was that car advert? Oh, where yes. they turn up the bass. Yes, and there, that was there, awful. There, there would always be, we'd be watching a nice, touching, um, <laughs> sort of vulnerable masculinity film about about crying men, and yeah. suddenly all, all you'd hear was just. <laughs> It was a dad. It was a dad driving his daughter to school, and then he yeah. turns the bass up, and it was it was very yeah. specifically up. And just yes, clearly a baseline. I remember it was it actually happened to me whilst I was seeing the film In Pursuit of Silence, a film about <laughs> how important it is to appreciate good silence and quietness. So noise bleed. Noise bleed is an issue, but there've been lots of other yeah. technical issues I've had too. At yeah. one screening I went to, the bottom of the frame was appearing at the top of this picture. <laughs> I don't even know how that happens. And it wasn't a Guy Madden film either. <laughs> So was, you knew it was wrong. It was incredible that that should happen. Mm. Elsewhere, I've had the film appear in a tiny box in the center of the screen. And when I went to tell a member of staff about it, the guy got onto his radio and, radio and said, Screen 3 is doing that thing again. <laughs> Have you ever had an out of focus or dim? I've had sound issues. Yeah. Um, and I've also had lighting issues that have distracted as well that really... You know, if the lights are left on. Yeah, I've gone and asked about that. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating. Yeah. I've had blown it's, speakers. It's, you know, it, it seems like an innocuous thing, but it really, really yeah. messes with the total immersive experience. It's, it's Definitely. The lights need to go all the way down. I remember actually our friend Xavier mm. telling me that in England, he found that cinemas were less likely to do that than in France. In France, you would have pitch black, whereas in England, you've often got, mm. you know, little lights on the aisles still on just in case anybody wants to yeah. get up and use the men's room. In the middle of Gaspar yeah. Noe's climax. <laughs> she needs to go lie down, actually. <laughs> well, 
just throw yourself down the stairs in that case. I mean, some of this, Clearly, some really of this is down to the lack of a projectionist because now that films are screened digitally rather than through film, hmm. there doesn't need to be someone up there at all times to swap the reels, make sure it's in focus, mm. all of that stuff. Are you saying that we're losing part of the art form? A little bit. <laughs> because now just, you know, Gavin, yeah. who does the popcorn, he just goes on and flicks a switch. And then with a broom, yeah, and then he's got to move on to twenty-seven other screens. I haven't had a film cancelled for any of those reasons. I know you have. Yes, I have. Me and Xavier went to go see that film that was written by the Coen Brothers that was terrible, um, Gambit. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't remember who's in it or who directed it. No, but me and Xavier. I know, I know, to, I know the one you mean. We went to go see it, and um, there was a problem with the projector, so the guy came out and refunded us. We were like the only two people in the screen as well. Um, and no. we very promptly went out and didn't use those tickets for Gambit, and I haven't seen it since. <laughs> I think other than that, the, 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 the problems are very much human. Yes, well, let's get on to people then. Um, mm. These are the worst things that people can do. First of all, talking or whispering mm. loudly. Yes. I mean, I've had people who are just flat out talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> I've had it occasionally where somebody's relaying the plot to the other person, and, mm. and you have to think, well... Oh, maybe maybe they have a disability, so I just I can't I, I shan't say anything. Yeah, because maybe that's maybe that's what that is. I never stop. Sometimes to think about I don't that. I don't think it is. I have a hair trigger. If I just hear a noise, it's just shh. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a really difficult one. Those times aside, fury is completely justified. Um, mm. you must remember my interaction with those delightful girls. Oh in yes, the showing if we need to talk about Kevin. Yay. Um. They were laugh. They were laughing through the first few minutes of the film, a, a film which was clearly not uh, a light-hearted romp. My through th- through the question of um, <laughs> murder of children. My memory slightly different. They showed up as the lights were coming down and it was about to start, and they laughed through the first shot, which was of the curtains billowing. Mm. They had laughed as they entered and were continuing to laugh in their seats, and that was when. The almighty hammer of Paul came down. It was for a couple of minutes because the the film started before, you know, it had a sort of, Mm. I think it had a slow opening before that first shot. And I thought, okay, they're going to, they're going to stop talking and laughing soon. Yeah. That's going to be okay. That is just briefly one thing is when do you start enforcing these rules that we're going to talk about? Is it during the, probably not during the trailers. Is it the production logo? I've had someone give me a sarky attitude um, because I shushed them at the production logo. No, my uh, Katie shushed them at the production logo of Red Sparrow. Um, and it was a bit of a, <laughs> all right, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, but when, you know, when do, do you start yeah. treating everyone else with respect? Yeah, I, I, I waited until we were about 30 seconds into the, the film proper before. There was a shot, yeah. Bef- it was definitely the curtains. Before, before going, will you shut up? At the back. <laughs> and uh, although, that, although their response of, you shut up, dickhead. It was brilliant. Oh yeah. <laughs> prop, prop, props to them. <laughs> and on the and they, they stayed quiet. They for, they they did actually stayed yeah. quiet through the film. And then on the way out, I heard them say, "Do you hear that bloke telling us to shut up?" <laughs> I put my coat over my head and, uh, and and wept and shook until those little girls left the cinema. <laughs> but that was that's the only time that I've had real righteous anger. I think I've had I've had. Yeah. Other times where I've asked people to stop talking, but that was the only time yeah. where I've shouted across a very full cinema. I, I um, usually shush, and it usually yeah. works. There was a there was one time I went to see The Mercy this year, in fact, and there were two folk behind me who were mm. muttering throughout, but they were they were old is the thing. So there's a hearing impairment, potentially, <laughs> yeah. which also <laughs> might mean that they didn't hear my whistling, yeah. but also they were in the seats right behind me, and oh, that's the okay. worst place to have a have It really that. travels, yeah. Yeah, first of all, you're going to hear it, but secondly... Their retribution will be completely unseen by me. 
<laughs> These two old Damn. folk, if they suddenly decide to pour tea, herbal tea all over my head, <laughs> nothing I can do about it. And they would do it as well, old people. They'll do it. Yeah, oh, they've got nothing oh. to lose. <laughs> the next one's even harder to legislate against. It's laughing inappropriately. Yes. Now, okay. I was going through these rules with our friend Sarah, and she pointed yeah. out, can you really make fun of someone for laughing inappropriately? Because, <laughs> like, isn't it just their laugh? Maybe they can't help it, and they're expressing yeah. themselves, and you're, you know, encouraging them to not express themselves. But fortunately for us, I'm nowhere near as nice a person as Sarah is. Yeah. Screw those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I hate it. The, I mean, it, it really depends. Yes, there are two types of inappropriate laughing. One is doing it at the wrong yeah. time, and two is having mm. a really distracting laugh. And distracting laugh, yeah. maybe that's subjective and it's us and it's, you know. Yeah. But laughing at the wrong time in really bad moments, yeah. that's that's really distracting and awful. Yeah, the the, the horrific murder scene in Legends. Um, the dentist trying to force himself on, on yep. Kate Blanchett in Blue Jasmine. The rape sequence in Tyrannosaur. Remember that? That's the one, yep. yep. Um, <laughs> the... Oh, uh, Kylo Ren saying "You're nothing" to to Ray. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I think it was just <laughs> classic. I, I, I might be able to see that because it's just nothing. You know, it's like you're garbage. You know, it it's kind really of a blunt. Fi- I know it's moment. I know it was, but, <laughs> but maybe someone I'm, found the phrasing funny. Sometimes it can be it could be nervous laughter and, and things like that for especially yeah. for Legend because that was tense. But yeah. That sometimes when it when it happens, it really does take you out of the film, and you do you yeah. do look at the back of their head and go, "Die." <laughs> if they're behind me, I really, I think I overestimate the power of a slight head turn, because my glasses are such that I really won't be able to see the person's reaction unless I turn all of yeah. the way. So I like to think matter. that me just gradually turning a little bit so they can see just the side of my face is the most menacing thing that they could possibly hope to encounter. <laughs> look at his oh God, cheek. he's talking, Dave. <laughs> Oh, Barry, he's done it again. It also ruined my uh, the, the time we went to see Face Off at the Prince Charles. Oh, really? Stop. Well, it was just too much laughing. Yeah. There are, there are some really funny moments, but there were some sweet moments that there weren't are. funny. The- and I mean, that's the Prince Charles crowd is the thing. They we'll are come on a bit to the fairer at times. Yeah. yeah. We'll come on to them. But yes. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get to those guys. Sometimes you get the sort of drama school style laughing, which is when they laugh because they know something is meant to be funny. And <laughs> like the thing happened um everybody knows the computers are out of date in the thing you can't type a question although you can now i could type into google what what would the population spread be and it would answer me but this is a big funny joke back in circa 2010 that the computers don't work like that but make but Mm -hmm. blair um wilford brimley is typing questions into his computer and it's answering him but yeah the people Mm. in the prince charles audience just going (laughs) yeah so naive. <laughs> they come there with their sack of movie props to figure out which one to swing around for this particular one, and then yeah, it, I don't know. It, I'm not a big fan of that that crowd. <laughs> I've had good no. experiences with them. I, I saw some. I, it depends what you got to see. I think if you're going to go yeah. see a Tarkovsky film, you'll probably be yeah. okay and free from inappropriate laughing. <laughs> if you go and see an yeah. Arnie all nighter, someone's yeah. going to get ejected forcibly. Was that when we went to see Enter the Void and a Upstairs, guy was just yeah. screaming? A guy was screaming at a homeless person outside. Really? Because they so, somebody came up. It may, maybe it wasn't you, but um, I went not to that you the were the person you. screaming at them. 
but the um you might have been you might have gone away to get a cookie or something but the um it was horrible <laughs> to watch right. this po- homeless person was asking for change oh, and this God. guy you know you know you know the type it was like bearded glasses long hair right not in the best not in the best shape yeah it was, it was a film fan and he um, <laughs> you know film fans <laughs> Sounds people like a great at home. guy. but he um he just turned around and started going ah ah in her what? face and what? everyone was feeling really bad just watching him do this. And this this homeless person's mate came up and went, "What the sorry mate, what the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. And he, and he went, "Oh, so sorry." He went, "Yeah." What's that? And they, just, they 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 walked off. What a horrible person. Yeah, Jesus. And and, and then yeah. he came into the Prince Charles, did he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was allowed God. in there. Oh um, God. I mean, there were some lovely people at the Prince Charles, and I've had some very there positive some really experiences, as we'll get to in our top five cinema experiences. But yes, mm. I have noticed. A rowdy element. I mean, I remember when I went to go see a film. What was I seeing? I was seeing Battle Royale, and a woman had come along to talk to us about it. She was an academic of yeah. some sort. And um, when it came to questions, some bloke with his mates put his hand up and said, Are you related to Susan Boyle? And it's like, die. Die immediately. What? Die instantly. You well, because waste... of how she looked? Yeah. Did people shout at him? Yeah, people like booed and sighed. She had like a quite funny response to it, but... yeah. I don't want to enjoy a film with you. Film is a communal experience, uh, and I don't want you part of it. You are poison. God, leave. Get bent, you scum. <laughs> Some people are just rancid on the inside. That's an important thing yeah. to note. And a lot of them go to the Prince Charles <laughs> Cinema. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a cinema great. for people who hate film. It's not. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's a great. It's a great cinema. It's a. It's a wonderful job they're doing. Yes, it is. It's yeah. the shame about the people. Anyway. Um, yeah. I think they're clamping down. They have adverts now, and at the beginning of the film, they put a sign up that actually says "No inappropriate cackling." So I think they're aware. But that's look, good. We do have to address the elephant in the room: the woman who was ejected from the BFI for laughing too much at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. We don't know the full story there. Uh, she was a disabled woman. Um, we don't know yeah. the full story. It seems remarkable to me that they would have ejected her for just laughing, seeing as I've seen yeah. films at the BFI and know that. Some pretty yeah. crazy laughs get gotten away with there, but in any yeah. case, regardless, it's obvious that they didn't communicate properly with her, and it, it escalated yeah. in a way that it definitely shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, full sympathies towards the, uh, the the person it happened to. But um, yeah. there's that. So there's a degree of understanding, and I think the way in which you deal with these problems is important. As angry as you feel, hmm. It's important to m- note. I think one thing that's really important to note is that the person might not be doing it to piss you off. <laughs> yeah. Always a possibility. That's. I think that's a good rule for most of life is that it's usually not personal. Yeah. Um, they usually they don't know. It, it feels, feels like feels personal. It. It, yeah. It does. It feels like, ha ha ha. Let's get the rest of these rules out before we, we yeah, get sure. too much into it. Next one, kicking, squirming, jiggling. Fidgeting. <laughs> yeah. I, I Fidgeting. flout this often. I terribly fidgety, anxious person. And I... <laughs> Nell hates it. I think Nell just doesn't go to the cinema anymore because of me. But she, <laughs> no, she's, she she does, but she like uh, I, I can feel it doesn't sit me. with you. Yeah. Um. But there's also there's also the guy with the straw in Assassin's Creed. That kind of thing as well. Unne- unnecessary. Yes, that was awful. Blowing on a straw when you're trying to watch a terrible film. I had a guy in Persona yesterday who was drinking. I mean, we'll come back to him because he exhibits another one of these awful traits oh, later. Boy. But he was tapping on the side of his glass mm. during Persona, and it's you know it's just like do you. Can you hear not? that? Yeah. Can you hear the sound if you just? That's not making a sound. <laughs> can you hear that, mate? Just. 
but it's really weird because it's such a small and intimate thing that he was mm. doing just a tiny tapping mm. on the side of his glass it felt really weird for me to turn over and say would you mind not doing that mate yeah if, if, if it's like you're saying can you go home and die in a fire <laughs> I, I, I hate everything about it's you like, it feels like me leaning over and saying what colour underwear are you wearing, mate? <laughs> like, it's that level of yeah. intimacy. It's like a tiny thing. It's like, <laughs> excuse me, would you mind just straightening your tie a bit? Like, it's that, but it's it's hard for me to articulate what you're doing is bothering me. Well, that's the kind of thing that I feel like a loved one can say to you when you're jigging your leg or tapping <laughs> the sofa and they say, can you not do that anymore? It kills me. <laughs> I feel like we'll get, up, we'll get through this, even though I hate you now. Personally, if somebody would have said that to me, once I finished stabbing them, I'd have apologized to the rest of the, 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 the row. I, I I would genuinely have said, oh God, I'm so sorry. I, I know I do that. I'm really sorry. I know I'm a terrible human. But I, I have noticed halfway through films when I've been on, I've been doing it and my mind wanders a lot and I kind of go, oh, I'm shaking the row a lot. Oh God. And I yeah. stop and I look around just in case anyone's staring at me. And most people aren't because, because they're all terribly anxiously polite like we are. Yeah, that's the horrible thing, isn't it? We can't communicate with each other, ever. I was in one showing in Myth, and uh, a guy had the, the, the balls to sort of call a woman out for checking her phone throughout the entire film, and she accused him of patriarchy. <laughs> well, that's a novel approach. Most people do take it well, but I mean, the only time I can think of, of being reprimanded for what I was doing in a cinema is um, I went to see Alien 3. Um, the David Fincher film <laughs> as part of the David Fincher season. And the usher came in and went, what are you all doing? <laughs> you idiots. No. <laughs> I was there with my friend Andy. Yeah. And there was one other guy in the cinema. I'm not kidding. He was two rows in front of us. And in the opening credit sequence, I, I leant over to whisper a joke to him. <laughs> and the guy got up and walked to the other side of the cinema and sat down again. <laughs> Which I love because that's exactly how I would have reacted to us. But at yeah. the time, I was really like irritated. Like, he is like why why shouldn't he be irritated yeah <laughs> yeah the subjectivity it, it makes it difficult it certainly does how are you with smelly food it doesn't bother me much it bothered me this week when i went to go see persona because the glass the <laughs> guy on. was tapping on was a beer glass and he had okay. a big pint of beer <laughs> like and it was a very stinky beer <laughs> oh, no. like burps and vomit i'm not a drinker everyone yeah um <laughs> All beer smells like burps to me. That's just how it smells. <laughs> I've smelt it more coming out than I have it going in. And that's just how it's it poof. feels to me. Out on Kindle is Paul Salt's big book of beery burps. Twenty nine ninety nine. I generally felt like I was going to retch at yeah. times. Wow. It was really upsetting for me. I think occasionally I find it unpleasant when somebody brings it brings in their own horrible body, body odor. But as far as food, as far <laughs> as food goes, that. I'm also... Um, I'm also I'm also guilty of this. I I've taken sushi, <laughs> so I don't. You've taken you've taken bottles of smoothies into places yeah. like jars, yeah. masonry jars. <laughs> yep, uh, I've done that. They just don't smell. I don't <laughs> think. But I take I've brought in no. sushi. I brought in. Um, I mean the nachos are pretty stinky, but everyone brings in the nachos and the and the, the fake yeah. cheese and the jalapenos. I've never, I've, I've never smelt nachos and thought, ooh. It's weird. I should have. Because you're right. They are very full on. They've got cheese yeah, and jalapenos. But everyone loves nachos is the, is the thing. Yeah, maybe that's it. Who doesn't love nachos? Idiots. This was, the, this was the only time. This beer is the only time I can think of where a bad smell in the cinema has bothered me. Weirdly, if anyone ever brought an energy drink in, I'd leave. <laughs> because I hate the smell. Oh, okay. Yes. Once. There was a... I went to the... Um, it wasn't the Fright Fest. It was a horror festival at the Prince Charles in October. Mm. It was an all-nighter, and they had a promotional tie-in with Monster Energy Drink. Ooh. 
which everyone proceeded to pick up the free samples of and spill all over every part of the carpet. Um, as a laugh, I think. Yeah. Uh, so yes, ever since then, I've had a very strong aversion to energy drinks. That was actually when it developed. Ever since then, like if my sister is drinking a Red Bull, which she sometimes does, I ask her to keep it away from me. Right. Just like if the table is near me, then just put it on a different table, please. You set up the partition. <laughs> and Monopoly continues. I have to get it out. Just set it up. <laughs> just glaring at her as you strike the hammer. <laughs> Fucking. I've nearly finished it now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. what's, what's the next one? Okay. I've, only, I've only got one left. Uh, kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't thought of that. Um, mm. I, this isn't often a problem, actually. Um, I remember when we went to go see Doctor Strange. There was a yeah. kid who mm. felt the need to narrate. <laughs> Um, and also kids running about the place can yeah. be an issue. But for the most part, like I remember going to see with Xavier, um, Life of Pi. And there was a woman in there with some kids, I think from a school, because she came up to us and said, look, I've got some, she came up to us, it was so surreal and said, look, I've got some kids with me, but they should be all right. But if they start acting up, I'll take them out. Okay. Oh. And I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks for telling us. Look, I'll, I'll take them out and kill everyone of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any of them. Seriously, <laughs> look here. Take this knife. I want. I'll say someone else did it and ran away. I honest. <laughs> Just do do what you need to do, okay? <laughs> but they were fine. They didn't act up once. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and that's I've it. gone to see films like Up, yeah, Toy Story, and no complaints. But for the mm. most part, because cinema is such an immersive experience, I mm. feel like kids tend to get into it. And oh, <laughs> my actual my absolute favorite story involving a kid at the cinema though is Rogue One. Mm. Spoiler alert for Rogue One, please skip ahead 30 seconds. Somebody dies. A lot of people die. Yeah. And the, the this little kid, this little girl says to her dad, um, next to me and Casey, just says, um, are they all dead? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear the rest, but just no. Nope. <laughs> Not needed. Not needed. <laughs> nope, still alive. Look, there they are. Brilliant. Oh, you missed them. Uh, yeah. Look, fine. Oh. <laughs> That was just you going. Meh. Um, that wasn't. Let's go. Let's go buy your toy. <laughs> he wants ice cream again. <laughs> Me. <laughs> My diabetes. All right. Well, the last one, and I think we all know what's coming. The single yep. greatest threat to cinematic immersion of the modern era. Jews. It- <laughs> Get rid of them, guys. Come on. <laughs> Look, there's a book you should read. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, it's phones, obviously. It's phones obviously. and modern yeah. wa- those watches that you get, which is another irritating thing, like the, yeah. the smart watches and such, which smart watches, which come on Apple brightly coloured as Apple soon as you move dis- discs, as soon as you move your pulse slightly. <laughs> yeah, they come with motion sensors. Brilliant, <laughs> <laughs> lovely and distracting. Great, no chance. Mm. But yeah, phones. Yes. I mean, good lord, people. And I genuinely, again, have to come back to the idea that people just don't know how distracting it is. They think, mm. oh, well, I've got the silencer on. I'm not speaking on it. Therefore, it's practically invisible. Yes, it's 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 been a long-standing thing. And it's very depressing when, and I think it's tweet-worthy when cinemas change the adverts to please silence your phone. Yes, that is not okay. No. Yeah. Turn them off, put them away. The silence isn't the only issue. It's the bright LED screen. Yes, that has been illuminates just... <laughs> the entire cinema. Yeah, I find just lights up the person's face and stupid as... face. Yeah, and I just make the sound effect in my head of phone. It's very distracting. It's very detrimental to their cinema experience. Why the why the hell are you going to go to? Why are you here? Go to a cinema. Pay the money. 
Yeah. Because this isn't just Cineworld, you know, people pay money to go into the Curdzon and, and then still take out their phone. Yeah. And you think, why are you? Why why are you what here? Are you? Why have you decided to ruin this experience for yourself and others? What I like about I the cinema want... is the fact that I can go in there and I literally cannot turn on my phone because society yes. within that phone forbids it. I always turn on yeah. my phone when I, I always check my phone in my living room. Um, I, I just can't. Yeah. I'm terribly easy, easily distracted. In a cinema, yeah. it's perfect because it forbids it and I have to pay attention yes. to the big screen in front of me. So going in and doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It's just it's like go, going in for an operation and, get, and getting hammered the night before. You just don't do it. <laughs> you don't do it. It's really irritating. And I just think at one time I was expecting an important phone call from a plumber, I think, mm. whilst I went to go see Phantom Fred. Mm. So what I did is I put my phone in my inside pocket mm-hmm. against my um, sort of chest. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And as soon as I felt it vibrating, I stood up, left the cinema and took the call. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I did. So I didn't have to keep looking at it. Yeah. I mean, some people, it's it's extraordinary. I was in uh, the new uh, Jigsaw, I think it's called. Mm. Then you saw a film. And I told a guy off for having his phone out, at which point he built a little tent for himself in the empty seat next to him so he could duck his head under his coat to check his phone. Just, just stop doing it. Just stop. Well, go why do you away. Need, if, if, if you really have to keep checking your phone, why are you in the cinema? Why don't you have yes. that? Why don't you have that social filter? Why don't you have that social awareness? That it might be the wrong thing to do or that it might annoy other people. Mm. I, my, my way of dealing with this is to stare at somebody until they put their phone away <laughs> and then, and then yeah. if they don't if they do it a couple more times then i have to say something once one time i remember i was watching rango i think and mm. this this woman next to me was just checking cake recipes on her phone that's um, right i remember this yeah, yeah through uh, through the trailers and i thought well that's fine she'll she'll put it away Tra- like i have my phone out during trailers yeah. a lot of the time when i'm on my own just <laughs> just if yeah. i've seen all the trailers before what what really matters is when the film starts it was 10 yeah. minutes in and she was still checking her phone. And I had, I, I leaned across and said, excuse me, can you please put your phone away? It's really distracting. And she was, yeah. she was bemused as if, yeah. as if to say, oh, I had no idea that constant use of my smartphone yeah. would, would impact on your viewing. Despite <laughs> the, the fact that I'm thing. sitting next to you. I had the same thing in Gifted. The guy was sat right in front of me and I leant forward and was just like, could you put your phone away, please? And he didn't do it for a while. So I, w- I leant forward and slightly seriously. And he mm. just said, it's, it's not your concern. And eventually he d- he was doing it like he was he was very nonchalantly closing his business with the yeah. phone before he was going to put it away. Yeah. And it was just like, no, you've been asked. Put it away immediately because now, you know, it's irritating someone. Yeah. It is my concern, actually. Yeah. And on his way out, he glared at me and I just glared right back. Yeah. And actually, in, in the lobby, Katie had timed it quite well. I don't think she had intended to to say, who was that guy who um had his phone out? And I was like, it's him because he was walking past us at the time. And I just pointed at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh brilliant God. but it is it is the most annoying it gets your thing. blood going though it gets because any sort of social interaction like that which could be you're criticizing another person is what you're doing you're criticizing a stranger for their behavior yeah and i guess your blood going it gets you tense and yeah you've got the sort of should i do something should i not yeah. so now you're not thinking about the film you're thinking mm. about that and you've got the adrenaline going that you know in case this escalates into conflict which it might yeah and all this stuff is going on your body is changing and you're just tensing up and if you're not going to confront them you might as well just leave because your experience is is over yeah you're not going to be able to put this out of your mind mm. one you mentioned staring at people what i do is put my hand up very obviously yeah, i've like seen i'll that. hold my hand up in front of the screen <laughs> and sometimes people notice and put it away sometimes they don't 
They th- maybe they think that's a good solution for me. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Oh, he's all right. He's got his hand up. He's taking. He's taking care of this. <laughs> but yeah, the the problem is, and as you mentioned, some of those signs have come down now. The signs that say, "Please put your phone away." And the worry is because AMC, the American cinema chain, once announced that you are allowed to use your phones in cinemas, and what? there was a massive backlash. There was a massive backlash, and they they rescinded. They took the rule away. Yeah. But the, my worry is that some cinemas are doing this more stealthily, that they think, well, look, attendance is an issue. Maybe we can get more people in if we let them use their phones. Maybe yeah. that's why people aren't coming. And it's like, no. Some people have suggested phone-only screenings. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, if that is the case, only have one a day. Yeah. Don't don't make it some... a regular thing. Don't make it easy for people. You know, don't <laughs> yeah. don't make it like, oh, it's perfectly fine. But like, if you're going to do it, then you have to come to this one showing so that everyone else yeah. can enjoy the film without <laughs> having to go out of their way to do so. Yeah, you're you're the interloper Worry here, about you. Friend. <laughs> We're not going to make adjustments for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, one solution I thought they could have, which would be really quite good, is having a whole bunch of charging stations outside. Like the ones you get in stations where you mm. put your phone in, plug it in, and then you get a key, like a swimming pool locker. Mm. You can come back and collect it later. Yeah. Um, have a whole bunch in the cinema lobby, encouraging people to leave their phone there on charge. The cinema would have to take full responsibility for the uh, for the phones, though, I think. You can't... Well, stations do it. Shopping centers do it. Like You see these things around. There's one in Westfield. Mm. You just take a key like a swimming pool. Yeah. And, you know, swimming pools do it because they people put their phones in there. They're not going to swim. Yeah. Them. Yeah, true. Although with the new Galaxy S8, you could <laughs> unlock a physical lock with the, with our new app. Have it your, have it your phone. <laughs> have it your Kim Jong Un. <laughs> These, um, yeah, no, that's it. Could be. I think people are very reluctant to part with their phones, though. Yeah. If you lose, if you lose your phone, end of the world, mate. Yeah, true. It's a it's a difficult one. The, I really liked the. They showed a short film at the beginning of every myth. Oh yeah. Showing. Which, um, oh lovely. Which was this guy goes to heaven. And uh, he's met met by Saint Peter, who's just a sort of fat Australian bloke, and, <laughs> um, which which he is, as we all know. As and he will be. He's he's going. Oh, it turns out, mate, you're going you're going straight to hell. And he's, what did I do? What didn't you do, mate? Texting your girlfriend whilst driving, FaceTiming <laughs> your sister with your hands off the wheel, and it transpires that's how he dies. And he goes, well, tell you what, Saint Peter's a good guy. He's gonna he's gonna give you one more chance. Okay, but this time, and then he turns to screen and goes, "Turn off your phone." <laughs> That's great. That, that gets the message across, I think. Yeah. I think- you know what I worry about is often they put the message up in text, like the message will come up in text saying the light from your phone is distracting, and it's like if they're looking at their phone, they're not seeing what you've put up there. Say it yeah. out loud. <laughs> yeah. You need you just get a big fat Australian bloke to shout, "Turn <laughs> off your phone." It's not even that fat. What can you say about it? It's just, it's a yeah. terrible thing. It instantly ruins someone's experience. <laughs> Don't blooming well to do it. You, you <laughs> never do wells. Yeah, you gutter snipes. You literally never do wells. Yeah. <laughs> Anymore. Yeah. Johnny phone, phone a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the most barbaric thing you can do at a cinema, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a really horrible thing to do and i think generally a lot genuinely a lot of people don't realize it's a bad thing to do but some do and those are the worst scum of all now let's talk about good stuff reasons to go we've mentioned it a few times but surely the number one advantage of the cinema is immersion yes you leave your phone behind in theory you leave your facebook (laughs) behind you leave your life behind and you just Mm. you know in a living room there's so much visual distraction yeah unless you've managed to you know, move everything out of there and just had a pitch black room. 
it's just there's something so isolating about the cinema in a good way that allows you to just be a clean slate for whatever this experience yeah. is. That's what's that's what's so horrible about all of these things we've mentioned is it's people suddenly saying, "Hey, look at me!" Yeah. in the middle of this great big empty space, mm. and it's it's that's what's so irritating about it, and why it's more irritating than any if any of these were done on the tube, for example. Yeah, they, imagine Keith Chegwin's face appearing in the resurrection sequence in two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey. <laughs> it's it's that level of taking you out the moment. <laughs> But the great advantage that the cinema has over the lounge is that um, it has that level of immersion. Also, the picture and sound quality. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just so many things that could go wrong with your home theater setup. I mm. My mother has a very new uh, television, and we went to watch um, The Last Jedi on it. Um, oh, yeah. And right from the off, it was just there's something really horribly wrong with this. It's full of women <laughs> and Asians, and they ruined Luke Skywalker. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> <laughs> seriously they um the, the image was jerky uh, even as it panned like down to the planet it was just like bump 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 as as like the huh. image was moving and it turned out there was some motion smoothing option that had been set to yes and googling it yeah. a lot of people experience this that new televisions get sold with um preset features that make films unwatchable on them and you have to oh, turn great. them off well you got to make room for love island <laughs> Love Island looks great on this system. <laughs> oh God, God! Lawrence of Arabia, hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, look at those butts, though. <laughs> look at those island butts. <laughs> those tanned island butts. You're never gonna, you're never gonna recreate the majesty of seeing something in IMAX or um, yeah. whatever the the latest surround sound system is, Dolby. Yeah, whatever Dolby you've got going like. on right now. Get as close yeah. as you like to that screen. And have as many speaker systems as you like. That's just going to irritate the neighbors more mm-hmm. than anything else. But the atmosphere as well, sharing a, a room, sh- sharing a room with a couple of hundred other people who l- yeah, adore the, the film that you're watching. Definitely really the make audience. A, really make a showing. Having people laugh along with the bits that you like. And, um, yeah. you know, and it doesn't take a very big room for that to happen. I went and saw Mil. Uh, nope. I went and saw The Avengers, the 2012 mm-hmm. Avengers, um, with a room with about five of us in it. But mm. we were still laughing out loud because of how funny it mm. was. And it's just, it's such a lovely sense of communion that you have yeah. in that yeah. space with strangers. And when you're all on the same page, you know, gasping and, or, you know, yeah, or, or cheering. Like, I went to see Black Panther with um, a room full of very excitable people. Like, super, it was a preview. Mm. It was an advanced preview. So we were seeing it before okay. the rest of the UK. So it was ultra Marvel fans in there. And people mm. were so happy. Like when things happen, people would cheer and whoop. And it's like this, huh. this is what it's about. Wow. This, yeah, is, no, this is exactly why you need to do this. The only other thing I'd say is scale. There's something yeah. to the scale of the thing. And I recently saw The Dark Knight again at IMAX. Mm. And as soon as the opening shot comes up, which takes up the full IMAX screen, it's the opening yeah. establishing shot of Gotham. Yeah. People, like, you could hear them laughing in wonder and, like, you know, mm. looking at the size of this screen. It's mm. stunning. Um, whenever I go see a David Lean film at the cinema, I realize this is the only reason, this is the only way you should be experiencing these films. Yeah. The the majesty think... of the big screen. Same for Sergio Leone. Yeah. The, fir- the first thing that comes to mind, actually, is The Last Jedi, the, mm. the, the light speed crash. Oh, God. Yeah. The silence. The, like the awed silence that happens yeah. after that, and then eventual nervous and giddy laughter <laughs> at what at what we're seeing. Yeah, it's 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 moments like that that just 
it, it makes you feel like you're watching something really special and experiencing it with uh, a whole mm. bunch of other people. And I remember you and I went to go see Barry Lyndon, um, the Kubrick oh, yeah. film, and that had a big impact on you. Like, j- there's an interval, there's an intermission in that, during which yeah. you turned and said that just this makes me wish want to do much more of this, like see classic films on the big yeah. screen. It just it has that you'll you'll never see a film properly until you see it on the big screen really no it ch- it, ch- it changes everything it, it really does. does and um i wanted to mention quentin tarantino and the hateful eight a film that i had problems with ironically because yeah. i found it a little too hateful um <laughs> just a sympathetic, oh, you know what? a sympathetic character who doesn't get their brains blown out would have been lovely yeah but um just one just one quentin nevertheless the things that tarantino does because he made this in 70 millimeter which is the same sort of aspect ratio that you know nolan is making interstellar in and you know such Mm. and a lot of people said well why are you doing 70 millimeter when most of your story takes place in a single hut but tarantino takes that massive uh lens size that massive sort of screen uh screen Mm. size and uses it to stage these really great i mean technically it might be his best film purely mm. from the technical bravura that he has yes. the way he's able to layer shots and have genuinely 3d without 3d technology 3d yeah. shots where you know there's action in the background and the foreground and people yeah. are, you know moving between the two yeah. and there's different scenes developing he uses the size of the screen masterfully and again, you just can't appreciate that on the little screen. It really, it really doesn't compare. And when, when I see people watching films on their phone, it just boggles my mind. Yes. Well, Werner just... Herzog spoke out against that quite memorably. Mm. It's just you're not I having can... an experience. I can't see the point. I don't even like watching them on my mm. on my laptop. Yeah. So so much that a bigger screen reveals, and when it's intended for the cinema. Yeah. Think of what you're going to miss when you when you try mm. for anything else. Absolutely. Let's do our top five favorite cinema moments. Okay. So these aren't necessarily the best films we've seen at the cinema. Uh, yeah. Far from it in some of my cases, but... Um, okay, cool. Rather significant moments that have really spelt out the magic of cinema to us. So, did you get a lead? Sure. Uh, my number five is Deathly Hallows 2. Ooh! Uh, I saw this on a weekday morning, just after it had come <laughs> out, on my own in the cinema. Uh, <laughs> I was literally the only person in this massive cinema screen. <laughs> Nothing special about the cinema. It's just me on my own, watching uh. a film I actually really enjoyed it's like a still fairly fresh thing for me in harry potter movies mm. and i just had all the time and space in the world to be by myself and oh man and and watch the film it's great being on your own in a screen is its own kind of magic i didn't have room for it in yeah. here but me and katie went to go see tully the new jason reitman film oh yeah um and it was it was great we were all on our mm. own completely alone so we just we oh, yeah. we actually were able to just speak to each other at a regular volume <laughs> Of just what do you think? What do you think is happening here? You know, and, you know, and not in a distracting way. Feel a bit way. naughty. <laughs> yeah, there's an excitement to it. It's like, mm. you know, there's there's, <laughs> Look at us. there's a naughtiness to yeah. it of just being able to just talk, you know, and having this yeah. whole place to ourselves to just stretch out and, you know, I yeah. took my shoes off, which I I do sometimes do in cinemas, and um, oh yeah, you got to do that. You got to do that. I just stretched yeah. out and just felt great. You know, you got to love an empty cinema. My number five, I'm actually starting with the one that kicked it all off. The first film I went and saw at the cinema. Oh. It was at the uh, Mainy Corner Odeon in Sutton Coalfield. We were staying with my nan in Birmingham. Mama and dad brought me to see Aladdin. Oh, and cool. we showed up a little late. There was no one in the, co- in the um, lobby. I remember this. It was very empty. And the guy behind the counter came out and reassured us the film hadn't started yet. 
and it gave me some stickers. And the only thing I remember from the actual screening is I really vividly remember my experience of the shot where Aladdin has been transported into the desert after Jafar gets the lamp. Mm. And there's a big tower that's fallen on its side and is rolling towards him. And he's running because he can see there's a window that's open on the tower that's rolling towards him. And he wants to get to the point where the window is going to roll over him. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a Buster Keaton gag, but I really vividly yeah. remember watching that. And yeah, that, that that's yeah. that's really my only memory of the actual film. But, oh, cool. it, you know, my very first one. So I felt like I shouldn't I should make notes. Yeah, great. That, that that trick was done a lot better in Steel, though. I think you remember. <laughs> yes, it was with the train. Number four is Return of the King. Nice. I waited so long for it. I'd seen the trailer, the same trailer, hundreds of times. Yeah. And not only was it everything I could have hoped for, it looked absolutely incredible on the big screen. Um, mm. I spent mo- I spent most of it in tears. And <laughs> this is where the sight and sound really comes into its own. The We've we've talked about how amazing the score is um, before yeah. the especially you know the light motif for the different factions. Yes, particularly the the finale for the Rohan. Oh, beautiful light motif with the ride of the Rohirrim. Mm. Just such a beautiful send off in terms of the music. But I think that footage mm. of charging horses is cinema history. Yeah, everything came together, and it was one of those films mm. where I don't remember anything else happening around me. I was hooked for the entire three three movies, mm. uh, three yeah. hours. Sorry. <laughs> just felt like three movies yeah Goo. <laughs> end already you know before before we wrapped up everything with all the characters <laughs> um yeah i just came out of the cinema cleansed my number four is um a bit of an odd one i went to Cannes this year mm-hmm. and i was really nervous about it in addition to this sort of language barrier it's the most prestigious film festival in the world by general agreement mm. and i was very intimidated about being there um, I had there's a hierarchy system there, and I had the lowest badge in the hierarchy. So I thought, yeah. I mean, I had read numerous articles that basically said, "We hope you like your Airbnb because that's all you're going to be seeing." <laughs> and um, I just prepared myself for a miserable time of just standing in line and not seeing any films. Yeah. I was pretty upset. But the first film I queued up for was a film called Le Grand Ban. Um, mm. It was a story about. Four middle-aged guys, it's a true story of four middle-aged guys who decide to take up synchronized swimming and end up winning a big contest. It has it has in it that guy who was in um, The Forbidden the forbidden Room, and he was also the bad guy in Quantum of Solace. Matthew Amarik. That's it, Matthew Amarik. Um, he was the main old guy. So that was the film. I didn't even know that was the film. I just queued up for the screening in the Salle de Brunel of Cannes, the Palais de Festival, and I got in. And I got in and there were loads of seats and I just took one and mm. I just I just remember fe- relaxing so much and just thinking, thank God I made it in. This experience mm. is not going to be that bad. And the film, now all I'm in is a cinema. You know, I'm in my element. Uh-huh. I'm just in a cinema. I'm about to watch a film. I know how to critique a film. I know how to write about a film. It's not some deeply troubling Goddard film that no one's going to understand <laughs> except mm-hmm. someone who's thoroughly torn the heart yeah. out of um, A Long Last Love back in 1975. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my element, and I just felt like I'm never going to feel like I'm out of my element again in this job, because I made it at Cannes, and I made it work. And it's not quite mm. accurate, because at some point, there is a, there's a possibility I'll be sat in a room with Nicolas Cage, and I'll have <sighs> to try and make something happen. If that happens, like, nothing prepares mm. you for that. Oh, mate, you might be in the same city as Ido Kier. <laughs> no! No, never. I told my editor when I took this job, 
I've got I'm, I've got the app, the Kia Watch, <laughs> the Udo Watch. Number one on iTunes at the moment. <laughs> it's going to be number one forever. They said. Udo Kia just keeps rocking up to ghost cities when no one's there. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Oh, okay. My yes. number three mm-hmm. is a very recent one: Avengers: Infinity War. Ooh. I've never had a crowd who are so into every single moment of a yeah. film. Marvel every, does people, that. People, yeah, people were cheering, laughing, whooping, crying out when when the bad things happened. Yeah, groping their faces in agony, and <laughs> and and then with the with the reveal at the the, the post credit sequence, somebody literally got up out of their chair and went, "Yes!" <laughs> so, um, every last thing made me feel like I was doing the perfect thing in that moment. It, yeah, everything worked amazingly. It was great. God. And I think that's the kind of experience people are missing out on when they talk about Marvel as this terrible thing. Mm. It's like, it's it's good to have something that can just unambiguously bring people together. Yeah. Um, seeing as I'm, for some reason that can't be The Last Jedi at the <laughs> moment, then it's nice that yeah. things like Infinity War and, you know, yeah. Civil War, I remember a similar reaction, like... The guy next to me in Civil War at the very end where it says, Spider-Man will return. The guy next to me goes, yes, return. (laughs) That was the key word in that sentence. Yes. I like that bit. My number three is an experience I had back in 2008. And I had Mm. recently discovered the BFI South Bank, a cinema in London that um, shows a lot of very old films. And Mm. I went and saw The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly there, the Sergio Leone masterpiece. And... It was really there that cemented for me the idea that you haven't seen a film until you've seen it with a crowd. Yeah. Because people were laughing with it, just having a great time and, you know, being shocked by it in places. And it just, it's, it was like the first time I saw it, even though I'd seen it a dozen times as a teenager. It was incredible. Mm. Oh, great. Something I don't think I've seen in the cinema, but yeah, I can just imagine. Mm. I can imagine, Paul. <laughs> I don't need cinema. And the sweeping vistas, of course. Which oh, of course, gorgeous. yeah. Like, um, and that great first shot where it's a sweeping vista and then just some ugly looking, you know, no <laughs> yeah, offense, yeah. a really rough face yeah. just steps into shot and fills up this entire massive <sighs> screen. Great. Loved it. With that soundtrack <laughs> coming out in a, in a dark cinema. Oh, Marconi. All right, so we've got this, we've, we've got um, remarkably yes. similar <laughs> number twos and ones. So... Yes, I'll be interested because all we've shared is... That we were both at number two and one. You may yeah. have noticed that the previous three, we both, neither of us attended. Mm. Um, I'm pretty confident that this first one we do not have in common. But, sir, what is your number two? Well, my my number two is Inception. Okay, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Inception in itself was, is an amazing, incredible film. Yes. It, it, it helped maybe because the publicity revealed almost nothing of the plot, really. Um, yes. My, come, I mean, for the last hour of the film, I don't think I took a breath. Come the end, I mean that collective gasp when the credits hit. Mm. Just, it just summed everything up perfectly. But what, why, yeah. what I remember about it most, I think, whenever we're in a, a cinema and we're watching something that is incredibly great, we tend to just laugh at how mm. good good things are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. It's like our heads would explode if if we try to do anything else. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so I just have these really great memories of, of just looking at you laughing because the film was an absolute mm. to- total. I'm trying to think of a way of doing this without swearing. <laughs> it, it really messed with my mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a mind blower. It just it changed, it changed everything. And I remember that summer going to see it several more times with you a couple of times. We took Tom yeah. to go see it at the Greenwich Picture House. 
Yeah. And I just very acutely remember the feeling that I didn't want to watch anything that wasn't Inception. Yeah. I, I couldn't stand the idea of studio logos, logos coming up and not having that tremendous weight of, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, this isn't a <sighs> film. It's oh, not cinema. Only Inception no. is cinema. <laughs> And it's another one where, again, vis- uh, visual and audio together just they're they're sort of as as much a part of me as my heartbeat. Just, again, just another another example of everything about it coming together to just stab its way into my face. Definitely. Now, my number two, and I'm I was I was fairly confident this wasn't going to be on your list based on an earlier remark. It's uh, when we went to go see Conair and Face Off at the Prince Charles Cinema. because <laughs> <Aww. laughs> yeah. yes, people did laugh too much during Face Off, but in general. I really felt like we were in tune with that audience, especially during Con Air. Oh, it was yeah. just it was just blissful, you know, <laughs> just to be there with a room full of people who love these movies. Hmm. Um, and I think the main problem with Face Off is that people are laughing at some very sincere moments because Face Off is a legitimately good film. It's not so bad; it's good. Yeah. It's legitimately great. Con Air is more cheesy yeah. and um, ironically good <laughs> with its um, John Malkovich monologues and. Um, just crazy stuff. And Nicolas Cage with his hair, with his locks blowing in the wind. <laughs> yeah. Just gorgeous. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there can be, there can definitely be the right crowd experience at the Prince yeah. Charles cinema. Um, yeah. I mean, that leads me on to my number one, uh-huh. which is a Prince Charles one. Oh, well, hold on. Let me think. What have we done in a Prince Charles? Oh, Enter the Void. You are correct, sir. Good <laughs> point, ten points to you. Yeah, um, yeah. I had to, I had to choose this out of um, three other times that I've, you know, saw a film that I've always wanted to see at the cinema. One of them was Face Off. Lovely. The other was The Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, that was great. The other was Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. All really incredible movies. It's just yeah. Two Thousand and One: A Royal Tenenbaums, especially seeing them for the first time at the cinema, opened up everything. I felt like I'd seen Royal Tenenbaums for the first time when we saw it at the yeah. Prince Charles. It was one of those moments where you realise, mm. yes, this was what I was intended. <laughs> Only with the cinema are you able to see everything that Wes Anderson is putting on screen in this film to make mm. it look like a, a, a novel. Yeah. But it just in the things that you take in in these, in these single shots. Yeah. But it has to be Into the Void. Nothing quite captivates like Into the Void on the big screen. Mm-hmm. The, the sort of the, the, the drifting, the sometimes sleepy cinematics, the sometimes really sort of garish, violent neon. Gaspar Noe for me is one of the ultimate sort of cinematic experiences. Just him, mm. just him, just walking <laughs> around. His, 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 <laughs> other, other than the... <laughs> just explosions going off near his head. Other than love, every other film of his is just per- perfect for cinema. It has to be seen in the cinema. My, my experience of Enter the Void was, was liking it, was thinking it was a solid film. I saw it again and went, this is a brilliant film. After the cinema, I just... It became, just became one of my favourite films. And we yeah. went with two other people, Mike and Xavier. Ne- neither yes. of whom had seen it. And mm. um, I was concerned for, for the first watch. <laughs> I thought, oh, maybe the f- as a first watch, it, it take, it's not as effective. Uh, but they, they came out having absolutely adored it. Yeah. I had but a head cold <laughs> when I went to see it. I was really wow. ill. And I, yeah, I felt dead coming out but in a good way yeah i mean no way has that effect my review of climax his most recent film i wanted my review to just be don't go see it five stars <laughs> it's that kind of experience 
absolutely but better to watch it in a cinema than than at yes. home to, to properly get across every every horrible emotion he's trying to convey to you. <laughs> and yeah and all just the wonder and the scale of it i think and yeah. scale is very important in my number one and let's see if you can guess it it is a bfi imax experience that we did have together mm. oh is it a, mm. is it force awakens no is it the dark knight right dark knight or the dark knight rises close we went it was September, it was december sorry 2011 and you, me, and Xavier, and I think it was... The all, all-nighter? Nope, not an all-nighter. Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh, we saw oh, the Batman all-nighter. That was really fun yeah. when we did that. That was yeah. because Dark Knight Rises great. hadn't been out yet. So it was Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Begins, and um, The Dark Knight. That was a great, yeah. that was a great night. No, um, December 2011. It was Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol featuring ah. the first six minutes of The Dark Knight Rises. Yes, okay. And it might sound very silly, but first of all, those six minutes, we were... I don't think I've ever been as excited about The Dark Knight Rises as anything else. Mm. And as you may have heard in a previous podcast, I feel it lived up to that hype. I absolutely mm-hmm. adored Agreed. that film. But yeah, the, the just the idea of seeing a little bit of it before everyone else, and the, the six minutes they showed was the uh, plane heist. One yeah. of the most extraordinary moments ever, action oh, scenes ever God, put God. to cinema. Yeah. No, it's not the time for fear. Yes, I couldn't hear a word Bane said because that was before, based on the reception of that six minutes, uh, Nolan went and re-edited it so that you could hear what was happening. And there's actually a YouTube video of before and after he changed it. And yeah, it's it's good. It's good that he did. Yeah. But even... (laughs) Thanks for that. Even before, you could just get the atmosphere of Bane. You could just tell he's an Mm. exciting character and I want to see more of him. Yeah. I want to hear more of him as well, specifically. Um, but <laughs> the, se- the the idea of just jacking a plane and then yeah. just lifting someone out of a plane from with another <sighs> plane. Yeah, it's. I just remember thinking, God, he did it. He topped the bank heist. Mm. Uh, you know, how could he possibly have done that? But he's done it. He's yeah made something more riveting, more extraordinary. And it's not quite the bank heist is still so perfect, but it's mm. it's pretty close. To being as thrilling. Yeah. So everything about that was incredible. And then Ghost Protocol. Um, one yeah. of the most fun and genuinely entertaining action movies of the past, yeah. um, of this century, really, so mm. far. Um, and I just remember the shots of the Burj Khalifa on that massive IMAX screen. And I think we were in like the third row. Yeah. And just as it panned over and sort of leant down, we Man. all suddenly felt this horrible vertigo. I almost fell out of my chair when that happened. <laughs> And it was just a, a, a grippingly entertaining film, a perfect Christmas film, yeah. because it was uncomplicatedly an adventure, like Indiana Jones. It was yeah. just <clears throat> good fun. And I just remember a great feeling of being absolutely and truly in love with the cinema walking out of there. Yeah. And just, yeah, this great feeling of well-being attached to that experience and a huge, not only a huge satisfaction at what we had just experienced, but a great excitement for The Dark Knight Rises ahead and... Yeah, just being really happy with the state of cinema. <laughs> awesome. Well, we did ask the OG today. Oh, yes! For some input of their own about cinema, good and bad. What is it? We don't know. Let's ask them. Let's find out. Together. Okay. As an OG team. Okay, we're back after asking a question. <laughs> and, uh, well, had quite a lot of input from this one. Thanks, everyone. Yay. So, Mike Murphy, uh, Mike J. Murphy says, Saw Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Parenthesis, I know. 
And when the big dreary <laughs> CGI fight started towards the end, an actual fight broke out in the front row. No idea what started it. One woman shouted, the children, you have children with you. But it was a far more interesting conflict than the one on screen. I'm imagining that in a very, I don't know the nationality of, um, what's his name? Mike. He's, uh, well, he's Irish, but lives in London. Oh, okay. So I, in that case, it really conforms to my expectations that it was a really rubbish. Um, you do know you've got children with you, don't you? Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> I'm in a fight. <laughs> I'm in a fight. Hold <laughs> my crisps so I can do a fight. Hold <laughs> my crisps, son. Mike Murphy continues. Uh-huh. Saw Loving in the same cinema and halfway through, the doors opened and some prick shouted, bomb, and then ran away. Lots of people left after that. Some were crying, which is a shame because it's a pretty good film. Oh, man. Pretty unnerving, to be fair. I never saw that. That was the one about the interracial couple, right? By a really good director whose name has slipped out of my head. Yeah. Because um... I mix it up with love. <laughs> the um... Gaspar Noe experience. Yeah. Yeah. Not the same. Oh, God. What a sh- Not the same, apparently. What a shame, though. What a horrible experience to happen, because I would feel unnerved by that. Oh, it's Jeff Nichols, the director of Take Shelter. Yeah, and, Jeff Nichols. Uh, Midnight yeah. Special. Why haven't I seen this? Uh, Admit One Movies podcast. He says, I remember watching T2. So is that Train Spotting 2 or Terminator 2? Because they're both called T2. True. Oof. Uh-oh. It's going to be very Either important. Way, that's, that's, that's not the important thing. Yeah. He was, he was in there watching either Trainspotting 2 or Terminator 2 in Gloucester's New Odeon when the fire door was cracked open and three kids on BMXs started riding around. <laughs> Just <laughs> riding around. Film twats. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, what? man. I remember the first time I went to go see The Dark Knight at the IMAX. I'd already seen it once in a regular cinema. And the fire alarm mm. kept going off, and we had to keep leaving the entire cinema, the BFI Max, oh. and standing outside. It happened about three times. That God damn. I can't believe that slipped my mind till now, and that was my first time at the BFI Max. That's not good for ambience, is it? Not really. <sighs> it was Christopher Nolan pulling the alarm, though. <laughs> imagine the combined can, experience. Can you imagine? <laughs> of my immersive film, The Dark Knight, with a cold London street. <laughs> Take it away, fire alarm. (laughs) (laughs) Hans Zimmer on the fire alarm, everyone. (laughs) Thank you. Got a little hammer. (laughs) All right, Katie at Katie Maiden. Hello, she said. Had a bad slash good experience watching the first Tron movie. The first Tron movie? Yeah, by first. I don't know if she means like a a late re-showing of Tron 82 or um, Mm. Tron Legacy, which is the last Tron movie. But anyway, let's Mm. let's hear what she has to say. She'll she'll abuse us on, on WhatsApp for that later. Good. These youths wouldn't stop talking, and after being asked, they didn't stop. So the guy I was with went and told the Cineworld, and they were told off, and I think they even left. Ruined 30 Yay. minutes of the movie, though. <laughs> video negative. Video nog- negative. Video negative. <laughs> For your noggin. The, the video negative podcast. They're, they're, they're really, really good. Um, you don't even want to know what they talk about. <laughs> they Video negative. Uh, Ollie says, worst. It on opening night. Great film, but a miserable viewing experience. Oh, no. Row after row of talkers. Oh. People laughing at the scary bits. Drunk spinsters. <laughs> Drunk spinsters. Wow. People <laughs> mocked. great. Did they announce it? <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome the Layton the Stone <laughs> Drunk Spinsters. <laughs> this song's all about us. <laughs> people mocked for asking people to be quiet. Oh, God. <sighs> that's, that's very rough. aggravating. That's awful. Other one guy yakking on his phone through Creed. Jesus. Oh my God. And Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Fuck that film. <laughs> You're wrong, Oliver. No. Great get, film. Get out. <laughs> uh, false parts. False parts. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's late. <laughs> false starts podcast. Say, 
Uh, reply, people laughing during scary, tense or disturbing bits. I hate that. Mm. I get laughter is a reaction some people have when they're nervous, but it takes me right out of the film. I'm very sorry if we had to share a cinema at any point. Yeah. Uh, a so nervous sometimes laugh. Sometimes that I, happens. I quite like a nervous laugh after a scary bit. I like... Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's an immediate way. I like experiences where an audience reacts immediately, such as a comedy where people mm. laugh. Although it's very mm. aggravating when you're the only one not laughing Yeah, um, in any situation. But, but in a horror, I like a little bit of a, oh, fuck. You know, just a little yeah, I, surprise. My, my laughter is usually silent. Or very very mm. quiet because I'm just I'm just going. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> What's coming next? Do you know what? Please don't take out the turkey baster full of semen. <laughs> oh Stephen Lang. <laughs> I've had a problem with um. You've got a film to shoot. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh you. I've had a problem that my laugh isn't very loud in, before, and as much as I've been with someone, and I want them to know because we're both looking at the screen, I want them to know <laughs> that I'm laughing at the bit as well. But my laugh isn't loud enough. And so I worry that they think I've just sat there like, do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember in you get uh, it? Burn After Reading, Frances McDormand has gone with a date to a comedy film and she's laughing yeah. and she looks over and the guy's just like staring at the screen <laughs> as if he was watching a, yeah. his own face fall apart. Yeah. I worry they're going to think that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and when you aren't, that's not what yeah. you want. I want to be George Clooney in that situation. Well, you're not. And all the others. So you're dead Brad Pitt. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Oh, God. Okay, video negative continues. Oh, Best. Oh, oh, yeah. Good things. Best Dawn of the Dead with Goblin Goblin doing a live soundtrack. Holy crap, that must have been amazing. Holy balls. I assume the original. It wasn't Goblin rescoring the remake. <laughs> Take this, Tyler Bates. <laughs> <laughs> zombie, zombie, zombie. Nice one, Tyler Bates. You really cut that song well. Um... Oh, a, a month-long John Carpenter season with introductions by JC himself. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came back <laughs> for the Halloween. <laughs> and the thing you need to note about the fog, my children, <laughs> is this really Je- sick shot of, jo- of Jess- Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> There's total side boob. It's amazing. <laughs> it's not what I expected, you know. <laughs> oh, blessed be the meek. <laughs> Blessed be the meek, for they have outrageous, outrageous <laughs> boobs. <laughs> I don't like Jesus. Rear window, the audience gasping as Thorwald approaches the door while Lisa investigates his apartment. Oh, ah, brilliant. That. And uh, Four Lions opening night, fuck mini baby bell. And I've, <laughs> and, I've got, and I've got to say, we had a fantastic Four Lions experience. We, we watched it with, an, with an old uh, history lecturer of ours. Yeah. And his young, girlfriend. A young man history lecturer. Who um, yeah. brought us there? Coolest guy you ever yeah. met. Who appreciates his privacy? So we'll, we'll call him. We'll call him John F. Kennedy. Raven Gand. Raven Gand. Raven Gand. Randy Raven... Man. Randy <laughs> Mangand. Raven and... Glans. <laughs> that, that'll do it. And uh, yeah, the, it was great. What, what, I think I, I was in hysterics. I don't know if it was just his presence <laughs> and his intimidatingly beautiful partner. Yes. Who um, laughed hysterically at the moment when a sheep gets killed. Yeah. Uh, for way longer than everyone else was laughing. Which that was, was great. Uh, well, it was a bit of a shame because he brought his inexplicably... Not inexplicably, sorry. His um, unimaginably go- gorgeous girlfriend to um, the final day of exams. Um, <laughs> and just broke everybody's hearts. Everyone who'd yeah. been daydreaming about him for three years of lecturing. It's like, hey, <laughs> this is what you needed to be. And yeah. I was like, oh. None of us can be that. <laughs> That, pointing at her face. 
Whatever, the, whatever this is. <laughs> Can't beat this. Um, video negative continues with one more. Another highlight. <laughs> Brain dead late night Halloween screening. Oh my god. Ooh. Packed house, yeah, cheesy that. video nasty trailers to set the mood beforehand in a game rabid crowd. A lot of fun. I can imagine that being a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of moments to laugh yeah. there. That's Holy good. Hell. That's great. Your mother ate my dog. Not all of it. <laughs> Your mother ate my dog. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff I just don't have the energy for anymore. I don't feel like I. I'm better place now than any time in my life to go see a midnight screening. Mm-hmm. I I live in Lewisham. I can get a night bus home in like half an hour. The last time I stayed up very late for a film was when you and I. It wasn't even my choice. Um, our friend Xavier had gotten tickets to The Force Awakens at the BFI IMAX. Mm. But the only time he could get tickets was at five in the morning. Mm. So we s- contrived a plan to stay up all night. We went and saw Krampus. We did, which is excellent. Which is excellent. Did we see another film? Or did we just walk around for four hours? Because that started at 11. That yes, film. I feel like we walked around. We drank a lot of coffee and I ate a lot of ice cream. Yes. And then, yeah, at five in the morning, we were finally ready for this thing. It was, um, and it was really not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. it was kind of the point where we all realized we're not young enough to do this anymore. Yeah. I think Inception was an early morning thing as well, because I remember I got home from Inception at the BFI IMAX, rounded up my family and took them out to the cinema again <laughs> to go see it <laughs> at the um, at the Odeon. It's the only time I've seen a film like less than six hours after I last saw the film at the cinema. <laughs> Anymore? Yes, indeed. Yay. Jen Blundell. Hello. There's a Jen. It's worst. Watching Christmas with the Cranks. I know I was young and foolish while smelly children ran amok unchecked. <laughs> uh. And best, watching Dark Knight amid hearing the whole room gasp in unison at the truck, the pencil, etc. Saw it five times at the cinema. <laughs> it was that cool an experience. Uh, the pencil. God, that pencil. <laughs> it gets up to a world of business. It's a special trick. Pencils have got a bit of a resurgence after that, I think, in, in cinema. Because uh, <laughs> of John yeah. Wick. Uh, Heath Ledger first, and Christopher Nolan went... Damn. <laughs> Not Christian Nolan, whoever directed John Wick. John Wick. John Wick, the director. <laughs> I'll make a film and call it after me. <laughs> it's going to be about all the things I can do. Like kill a guy with a pencil. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> no, I won't. Oh. Um, no. Compass Presents. Creators of expanded cinema experiences and interactive encounters. Bringers of the Compass Tent at Shambhala Fest in Bristol. Mm. Oh. Very so, interesting. Last year, we did a screening of Life Aquatic on the masts of a huge ship. This year, Holy oh, Grail wow. with live audience Foley. F- Foley Grail. Ha. Of the Minak. <laughs> Gosh. I want to be great. Bristol now. It's worth mentioning, I've done some open air screenings. Um, <clears> sort of <throat> yeah. screenings just on roofs and like roofs of pubs and things like that. And it's always added something. I've really loved it, actually. It only runs during the, sun- uh, the summer, of course, where it's mm. warm enough. But um, I've seen... Etern- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've seen a... Etern- well... No guarantee. I saw Highlander in the middle mm-hmm. of uh, Shoreditch. And in Stratford, I've seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and Inception. And all three of those were amazing experiences. Just oh, I bet. Having the city around you and like planes overhead, it just adds something. All three of those are sort of very city-based or high-tech or sci-fi. Mm. And it's just, yeah, there's some wonderful aspect to it. Oh, okay, so the final one from Full Start's podcast is more of a story. Mm. And I feel like it's a nice one to end on. Because okay. it's, it's not positive at all and it's completely at odds with our entire mission statement. Yay. Um, okay. Full Starts podcast, who uh, appeared on the latest episode of Filmily Fortunes, and you sh- should definitely be checked out, said, Yeah. A lot of these I've already discussed on the podcast, but out of the big three UK chains, one of them gives an awful experience almost exclusively. 
be it lack of care or the audience, late night screening of Hotel Artemis where the audio was almost unintelligible at points, the lack of screen masking, how hard is it to have a couple of curtains at the side, big black bars Mm. are horrible and makes the projectionist seem incompetent. Rush screenings, <laughs> resulting in incorrect poor brightness, polarizing filters left on, out of focus images. Good job, it's a cheap night out. Oh, wait. <laughs> the audiences, especially at some of the ones we attend as a group, are awful. Texting in the front row. If you're going to text, either fuck off or sit at the back. <laughs> Luckily enough, where I, Lewis, lives, it's mostly smaller indie cinemas. Three mm-hmm. to four screens max. Actual care. Reasonable price. And quiet. No one goes to them. Working in the chains has its ups and downs. Free tickets, half-priced food. But the clientele again, Jesus, yeah. the mess they can make. Not just food. We're talking bodily fluids of all kinds. Oh, needles. God. You name it. Someone at work found it at some point. Also, the popcorn comes in bin bags. Bag-sized bags and costs mm. like 7p. Yeah. So... It is insane the mess Thanks. people can make. I, I've I've gone to yeah. like I've walked past other people's seats. I take a bottle of water and maybe a packet of minstrels in, and I always take them with yeah. me. <clears throat> well, yeah. at the very least, leave the packet of minstrels like curled up in the cup rest so that it's easily retrieved. Yeah. I've walked past seats where it looks like someone just did a weekly shop and then ate it in that seat <laughs> or half ate it and just dropped yeah, the containers is... where they lay. Clean up after <laughs> yourself. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Needles. Needles. You to watch a film. Oh god! And 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 just jacks jacks heroin into the into their veins. <laughs> oh my god! This is gonna make Ant Man and Wasp so yeah. good. <laughs> Do it, Paul Rudd. <laughs> Do your business. <laughs> god, thanks, OG Time. Thanks, OG Time. Good stuff. It's <laughs> a good one. So let's conclude a little bit. I think yeah. the thing about the cinema is just that. It is this extraordinary experience. It's unrivaled for me. There's a communal aspect to it in as much as it is similar to taking communion um, mm. in its in its nature. Um, it's almost a religious experience going to the cinema, being together mm. with a whole bunch of people as you experience sort of fables and myths together um, to great effect. And Christopher Nolan said something like that after Aurora. He, he said it's as if someone has attacked my church, you know, and it's... I don't know if he meant where, they wor- where people worship him, although that's certainly my experience of going... Going to the cinemas, (laughs) but yeah, Yeah. there's—it's a sacred place, and you know, don't drag your profanities into it or your sacrilege. Yeah, barbarisms. (laughs) Okay. Where can people find out about the one good thing? Facebook and Twitter, you can get in touch. OTTPod at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and YouTube, including some clips that are still going up. That's that's all that is. Thanks, guys. Thanks, listener. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about the cinema makes it worth all the bad stuff.